hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling. Oh Lord, do not pass me by. Oh, do not. Let's sing it one more time. Pass me not. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling. Do not pass me by. Oh, let me hear you say, Savior. Back to the top one more time. Y'all sing it with us. Pass me not, pass me not, oh gentle. It says, Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling. Again, while on others, while on others, thou art calling, do not pass me by. Oh, do not. I want everybody to clap your hands. Amen. Amen. All right, Sopranos, let me hear you.
talk for a few minutes from the subject, Epiphany, Seeing God. Epiphany, Seeing God. Tomorrow is the celebration of Epiphany. Epiphany is a Christian feast day that celebrates the revelation of God as incarnate in the person of Jesus. In Western Christianity, the holiday specifically commemorates the visit of the Magi to the Christ child, and thus Jesus' physical manifestation to the world, Jews and non-Jews alike, as the Son of God. But beyond that specific event, Epiphany is the celebration of those things that cause us to see God as more than above us, but to see him as with us. As we move into 2020, it's vital that we see God with us. We need God's companionship. We need his counsel. We need his constancy as we grapple with the issues that confront us. As we face the fallout of an unethical, immoral, and perhaps even criminal president that has recklessly and violently moved us closer to war. We need to see God with us. As we pick up in 2020, where we left off in 2019, with political tribalism that tears at the fabric of our nation and our communities and does the greatest harm to those who are already marginalized in our society. We need to see God with us. Advent is the celebration of God drawing near to us in the person of Messiah. Christmas tide is the jubilation that accompanies God's movement in the affairs of humanity, made evident in the birth of the Christ child. But Epiphany is the celebration of God ushering us to a place of new revelation about the imminence of God and how it affects our behavior. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. What does Jesus mean by a heart put right? Well, he's not talking anatomically or biologically, but he's speaking spiritually. From a spiritual perspective, the heart 
refers to the center of our being. The heart refers to the foundation upon which all else rests. And the implication of the text is that if the foundation is corrupt, then it doesn't matter how much quality you put in the structure. The building remains ineffective and in danger of collapse. Church, in order to experience epiphany, we must be sure that our foundation is right. We must be certain that our hearts are pure. A lot of us are building our spiritual lives on suspect foundations. We're coming to worship on Sunday. We're serving in some ministry, but that means nothing if you haven't started with a pure heart. It means nothing if you haven't learned how to love folk who don't love you. It means nothing if you haven't learned how to let Jesus move in our lives and change our outlook. Form without substance is a dangerous thing. The Israelites of Amos's day were long on form, but they fell short on substance. They are like a lot of folk are today. They went about their lives doing anything they thought they were big enough to do. And then they came to God's house seeking absolution from their sin and relief from their guilt. And once the guilt had passed, they went right back out into the world and picked right back up where they left off. And when God had enough of that, he told them about it. I despise your feasts. I can't stand your assemblies. I will no longer accept your offerings. I will no longer hear the noise of your songs. And if you want to know why, it's because you don't offer them with pure hearts. Church, of this you can be certain. God knows your heart. No matter what you tell folk, God knows your heart. No matter what position you hold in the church, God knows your heart. And it means nothing if what you do doesn't come from a heart that's pure. Purity of heart is not meant to imply spiritual perfection, but it does suggest that there's a desire for perfection. None of us is perfect, I know that, but all of us should strive to be perfect. We should strive to be like Jesus. And if the heart is right, we will grow. I know that I'm not what I ought to be, 
But I thank God I'm not what I used to be. If we would experience epiphany, then we must get our minds and our hearts right. And when that happens, we're promised that we shall see God in a way that has meaning for us both now and in eternity. Jesus talks about seeing God. And our emphasis today is on a present epiphany. Surely there is a long-range message in this text that confirms that we will see God when we translate from time to eternity. But the implication of this passage that is helpful to us today is that we can also see God now. And I need to be able to see God as more than just a future hope. But I need him to be a present companion. Briefly then, consider some places where we need to be able to see God in this life to help us make it from day to day. Jesus says that we are blessed with epiphany when we get our inside world, our inner person fixed on God. Well, that suggests that we need to spend more time in God's word. Now, that may sound strange to some, but know that there are many who can't see God in his word. There are those in the church who feel that the Bible is not relevant to their lives. According to national statistics, 31% of Americans say they never read the Bible, as opposed to 16% that read their Bible every day, and 9% that read their Bible once a week. And you ought to ask yourself right now, where do I fall on that scale? If you want to know why some of you can't have Epiphany, it's because you've stopped feeding your spirit the word of God. Let me tell you something today, particularly you young people in here. I've read some of everything. I've read philosophy, sociology, and psychology. I've read economics, anthropology, and biochemistry. I've read poetry and history. I've read Richard Wright, and I've read Richard Niebuhr. I've read W.E.B. Du Bois, and I've read Joshua Du Bois. I've read Alice Walker, and I've read Renita Weems. But I have never read anything that can produce epiphany like the word of God. I respect all academic disciplines, but I need something deeper in my life than those things can provide. I need God's word when I need my soul to be soothed, 
when I need my troubled mind to be eased, I need God's word. When enemies get on my trail and when people do me wrong without a cause, I see God when I read the word that says, fret not thyself because of evil doers. Neither be envious of the workers of iniquity. When conditions disturb me and I begin to worry about what might happen to me, I see God when the word reminds me that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. When I get worried about the future and I realize just how fragile this life is, I see God when the word tells me, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Trying to tell you that in times like these, we need to live in a state of epiphany. And the first place for us to look is in God's holy word. And then epiphany is the result of a solid relationship with God. Before reading the word of God, I know that I have a relationship with God that extends beyond his word. You know, Abraham and Sarah didn't have a Bible, but they did have a relationship with God that told them that nothing is impossible with God. Moses didn't have any scripture, but Moses had a relationship with God that let him know that God is the great I am. Many of our ancestors couldn't read their own names in boxcar letters, but they had a relationship with God that let them know that God will make a way out of no way. Reading about God is fine, but reading about God is only helpful if you've already had a relationship with God. I've read about what God has done for others, but I have my own relationship. And I've seen him work in my own life. And I know that regardless of what's happening around us, God is still at work in his world. Make no mistake about it. Relationship can help you deal with conditions. If you're not careful, conditions can discourage our epiphany. It happened to John the Baptist. It looked to John like everything had gone wrong. He was in jail and Jesus would not stop what he was doing to go and see him. And John got so discouraged that he began to wonder if he'd made a mistake. He told two of his disciples, go and ask Jesus 
Is he the one? Or should we look for another? But Jesus sent word back to John saying, come on, cousin. We're in relationship. You know what I'm about. The blind are receiving their sight. The lame are being made to walk. The deaf are being made to hear. And the word that Jesus sent back to John is a good word for us today. I don't know about you, but I've been guilty of letting conditions discourage my epiphany. But in those times, Jesus reminds me that we're in relationship. And if I just keep the faith, then no matter what's happening in my life, I can still see God at work. Relationship reminds me that God is a friend to the friendless. Relationship tells me that God will wipe away every tear from my eyes. Relationship tells me that God is a mother to the motherless and a father to the fatherless. Well, finally, Epiphany reassures me about the future. We said earlier that this word from Jesus is about seeing God in our present condition. And that is true. But if you can't see God in your future, then we've got a dark road up ahead. I don't have to wonder about what's up the road for me. All I have to do is look around. I went to a funeral yesterday for a 46-year-old woman, and I'm officiating two funerals this week for men who were once young and strong and virile. As you start 2020, think about those who were here in January of 2019. And now they're gone. And then ask yourself, where will I be in just a little while? And if you don't have God in your future, then you don't have anything to look forward to. But I'm glad that I don't just see God in his word. And I don't just see God in relationship. But I see God in my future. You know, I used to hear the old folk talk about when they come to the end. And I used to make fun of it. But now it means something more to me than it used to. When they talked about going in the room to come out no more. When they talked about sticking their sword in the sands of time and studying war no more. When they talked about their tongues cleaving to the roof of their mouths. When they talked about singing their last song 
and praying their last prayer and preaching their last sermon. I used to make fun of that, but now I got some sense about me. Now I've lived a little bit, and I know what they were talking about. I'm glad I can see God in his word, and I'm glad that I have a relationship with God. But I'm so glad that when this life is over, I've got somewhere to go on the other side. This side is all right. I got some creature comforts on this side. I got some folk that I love on this side. But I got sense enough to know that this side is wrapping up. Before too long, I've got to try the realities of another world. But I'm so glad that the same God that I see right now, I'm going to see him on the other side. When it's all over down here, early in the morning or late in the evening I'm going to see him on the other side oh I want to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice cares all past home at last ever to rejoice do you know what it is to rejoice do you know what it is to say thank you do you know what it is to say you've been good You've been good, you've been good, you've been good, you've been good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a home waiting for me on the other side. Got a grandmother over there. Got a mama over there. Got a daddy over there. They're waiting for me on the other side. I want to see them, but more than that, I want to see Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 heart fixer, burden bearer, mind regulator, way maker, Jesus, 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 yeah, 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 yeah.